This is the My Bloody Hell podcast, the podcast where we tell stories about perimenopause. Hello, superstars. Welcome to episode number five of the My Bloody Hell podcast. I'm your host, Lori L. Tharps. I'm a journalist, an educator, a mother of three, and a card-carrying member of Team Paramenopause. I'm also a newly arrived expat or immigrant, depending on who you ask, to the south of Spain. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, and I hope that you find what you're looking for here on this show. If you're returning after listening to some other episodes of the show, Welcome back, and thank you so much for listening and sharing the show with your friends and your colleagues. We are a new podcast, so every little bit of sharing and promoting the show helps, and I appreciate it so much because I have great ambitions to make this show a truly amazing resource for women who want to hear, women who need to hear that they are not alone on their menopause journey. I am absolutely doing my best to create a show that validates the lived experiences of women of diverse backgrounds who are going through this momentous transition, barreling towards menopause. Me personally, I am definitely barreling towards menopause. I am 49 years old, and they say that the average age for American women to hit menopause is 51, so I'm almost there. That could just be wishful thinking, I know, because everybody's different, but my mother did say she reached menopause around 51. Of course, it's a little hazy in her mind, but for me, I am just ready to be done with the unpredictability that comes with perimenopause. I feel lucky in that I haven't experienced any truly debilitating symptoms, but the whole not knowing what to expect at any given moment, an early period, a random headache, a random rage episode that will want to make my children and husband run and hide, that just kills me. Not being in control, because yes, I'm a control freak, I admit it. That's what's really driving me insane about perimenopause. So yep, ready for it to be over. But in the meantime, channeling all of that energy and thoughts about perimenopause into making this here podcast and the whole My Bloody Hell platform. What are you doing to help yourself get through your menopause journey? Whatever it is, I hope you're finding your way and that you're able to still experience joy and pleasure and laughter. Personally, I think laughter may be (laughs) the best thing we have to manage the indignities that come with this process. And yeah, um, it's natural. I know going through perimenopause, reaching menopause is a natural part of our life cycle, but it can be full of indignities, right? So I'm not even going to pretend it's not. So I really do hope that you're able to at least laugh at some points through it, maybe after a rage episode, maybe after, I don't know, not sleeping and just being loopy for the day. Sometimes I think really laughter is what's going to get us through. And speaking of laughter, that seems like a great segue, or maybe it's a strange segue, I don't know, but it seems like the perfect segue into talking about today's guest, even though we are going to be talking about perimenopause and grief. But when you hear my guest, Lisette Austin, talk about her story, you'll see why laughter comes up in how she kind of deals with her life. So 
Our guest today is Lisette Austin. Lisette identifies as a Black biracial woman who lives in Seattle with her husband and 20-year-old son. For Lisette, entering perimenopause coincided with her grief journey mourning the loss of her beloved father. Lisette speaks candidly about how grief and perimenopause symptoms were so similar for her, she didn't even know she was entering perimenopause. But then something happened that caused her to connect the dots, and she realized what was actually going on with her body. I'm sure some of you listening will really be able to relate to Lisette's experiences with grief and perimenopause. And hopefully her story will provide some lessons or ideas that maybe you can apply to your own life. And even if you're not dealing with grief specifically, Lisette's story may inspire you to think and act differently when it comes to how you cope with the changes brought about by perimenopause. Personally, I love Lisette's energy and her spirit and her proactive approach towards acceptance of the changes perimenopause is bringing to her life. Now, before we get to her story, I do need to take a short pause. Get it? A pause, like a menopause, for a moment to thank our sponsor, Yum Day. Thank you, Yum Day, for supporting our podcast. Yum Day is a purpose driven snack box subscription company. Founded by a woman of color, Yum Day prioritizes women and BIPOC led food and beverage brands in their subscription boxes. Yum Day subscription boxes are filled with delicious snacks that are good for you, and they can be created with your own tastes and dietary needs in mind. That means you can have a subscription box delivered to your door with just vegan snacks if that's your jam, or paleo snacks, or just gluten-free snacks, or some crazy combination of all of the above. And every month, your box has new snacks in it. New snacks that are not baked potato chips. No, new snacks that are carefully curated products from around the world that will have you reconsider what you thought healthy, delicious snacking could be. So try snacking through Yum Day and use the code MBHPOD15 for 15% off any order at Yum Day. That's MBH for My Bloody Hell, P-O-D for podcast, the number 15 for any order. That's 15% off any order at yumday.co. That's yumday.co. My name is Lizette Austin. I am 51 years old and I consider myself black slash biracial. I'm a dancer. I'm a traveler. I love to write. I love to just create. My most recent thing I've been doing is web design, and I'm also a travel podcaster. I asked Lisette what she likes to do when she's not working, writing, dancing, or traveling. You know, if she has a lazy day at home. Well, I'm always happy when I can do my meditation and workout. That's kind of a big thing for me right now. I asked Lisette to describe what her life was like in terms of her period and her relationship to her body before perimenopause. I always had a lot of issues with PMS. So my periods are pretty regular. And But as I got older in my 30s, I would say PMS was a real issue for me. 
yeah, it really was. So I tried different things to deal with that. And I um, really felt kind of frustrated by these mood swings dictated by estrogen. And I had a lot of other things I was working on. I've had a lot of big things in my life, just big, I don't know, we all do, right? But there were plenty of things I needed to work on. And so that felt like this additional pain in the butt kind of thing that was just um, frustrating. That fortunately started changing, I'd say by my mid 40s, but we'll get into that later. So, but you know, I'm a very active person. I've always enjoyed very good health and, you know, just energy, energetic dancer, like I mentioned before, semi professional. So, my whole life pretty much dancing. So, yeah, I just, that's pretty much it as far as like body and, you know, female specific health. Of course, my next question was to find out when Lisette started noticing her first perimenopause symptoms and what those symptoms were. Well, it was interesting because I don't really, even now I'm kind of guessing at when they started. I had some things going on in my early 40s. I started noticing some thinning hair, but I didn't put it on hormone changes because I also wore my hair in twists and, you know, extensions. And I really did not do a good job at all of taking care of that. So I would leave them in way too long. I just, anyway, so, you know, I stressed the crown of my hair pretty clearly. So I still think that was actually related to that, but looking back, you wonder. And then I was also very close to anemic. I was like one point above anemia, whatever those numbers are is like 12 or below. And I was like 13 or whatever. So at that time, there was a lot of effort. This is again, my early forties to fix that because my hair, I was like, maybe that's also contributing because I have no iron. So I started really trying to bring in iron. That was very difficult. And it led to a discussion with actually my acupuncturist. I went to dermatologists. I went to my doctor. I went to, I did all these things, but my acupuncturist was like, you know, I think taking in iron is hard for you. I was having a hard time with the supplements. And she's like, why don't you try going at it the other way? Because you've been telling me your periods have gotten heavier and maybe you need to actually not have a period. And she suggested an IUD. So that was really kind of like, huh, okay. Because I was scared of anything with hormones because when I had tried to deal with PMS and I took maybe birth control pills, I would just go insane. Like I was very sensitive to hormones. So I was kind of reluctant, but then I finally did a hormone IUD and everything got way better. My PMS went away. My periods went away. Everything got regulated. It was amazing. And I was able to build up my iron levels because I wasn't losing so much iron every month. And I say all that because now looking back, I wonder if some of that was, you know, the change in the heaviness of my periods and stuff like that was like the very beginning of perimenopause. Cause yes, early forties. So by 45, I'm getting an IUD and that's kind of where that happened. So that's where I think there may have been some blips where I started to really go, Oh, I think this might, it, Wow, perimenopause is, I believe, in maybe in 2019 or 2020, I may have had a few hot flashes. And they were very, it was very like a non event. I mean, it was like, oh, what's that? I think that might have been a hot flash. Uh. And it did not interfere with my life. It wasn't very regular. It was just like, how peculiar. Well, I am getting up in age. And some discussions with my doctor about how down the line I may not need the IUD, whatever. That was it. 
So Lisette had actually entered into perimenopause, as most women in their 40s do, but with her IUD and her healthy lifestyle and no more extensions in her hair, she wasn't really thinking about the change. In fact, she says she was feeling pretty good. But then 2020 happened, the pandemic and all that came with it, the Black Lives Matter movement. And on top of all of that stress and trauma, Lisette experienced an additional series of truly dramatic events in her family and personal life. In 2020, I found my biological or part of my biological family. I'm an adoptee. And that was a really big thing. And so that was a huge identity moment. And then at the end of the year, my adoptive father, who I'm very close to, passes away. So 2020 for me was just like, what is happening? It was so intense for me. So then I enter 2021 and I'm grieving my father. He's passed away November 29th. So January, I'm in the still in this major grief journey fog. And it's hard to even talk about now, you know, and it's been 10 months. And so anyway, I'm in this place and, and also I get weepy easily. This is perimenopause too. So I'm in this grief journey and I'm there in March. Oh, actually I'd started kind of feeling like it was lightning a little bit in February. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little adjusted. This grief hole is never going to go away but I'm adjusting. Okay. I started working out again. I was feeling a little lighter. And then March rolled around and I felt very much like the grief, the fresh grief had returned is what it felt like. And so at first I was like, okay, this is what people told me about, you know, there's a roller coaster, you know, whatever it goes up and down. You have to be patient with yourself, but it was just so heavy. It was like, what happened to the lightness that I was starting to, it just like I went underwater with it. And then there came a day where I don't remember what the argument was about or what my husband had said, but he'd said something that wasn't cool. I mean, now I can look at it and go like, yeah, that wasn't very, you know, but you know, we all say things, we maybe make a mistake. It's still a big deal. But my response to it was so extreme that I was like, what incarnation, even with myself, like I remember driving in my car and I called him and I called him back after he'd said the thing, I drove away in the car and it was like, I was screaming. I was screaming everything I was saying to him at the top of my lungs, it's sort of a sustained way to like, it wasn't just like, Hey, da, 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 da. it was like a constant yell as I'm driving. And it was so, it was like primal. <laughs> and I was like, is this the grief manifesting in an anger attack? It was beyond rage. It was sort of just like, I don't even know what it was. And I called a friend and I was still an hour later really extremely angry, way past my normal thing. It was like I could not come down off this place. I mean, it was weird. And then when I called my husband later, he was like, I have literally never heard you like that. And I've been with him 30 years. So he's seen a lot of things. He's seen a lot, heard a lot, seen a lot, believe me. And I was like, yeah, that was strange. Man, this grief stuff's really laying me low. Now, at the same time, I had started having hot flashes. Now, you would think that I would have put this together, but I did not. It took, I remember, you know, and I'm still going to, you know, blame things like grief fog because all that stuff is real. But wait a minute. Oh, perimenopause causes brain fog too. So does grief. So like, anyway, it was all tangled up. And there came a day though, where I was like, I think I've been having hot flashes every day for two weeks. And so this was the first time I'd ever remembered noticing hot flashes on a repeated basis. And so finally I was like the screaming, the deepening of the grief, the depression feelings. Plus I was like, I've had hot flashes every day for two weeks. <gasps> and it just, the light went on. I was like, 
are you kidding me? Are we going to start this now? Like, is this really happening now? Why now? And that was in March. That was when I had my aha moment. Then I was like, oh my God, wow. All right, here we go. Lisette said she was so blindsided by perimenopause, not only because of the grief journey that she was processing, but also because she didn't have one of the most obvious signs that most women use to determine that menopause is around the corner. Remember, I have an IUD, so I haven't had periods since I'm 45. So Lisette didn't have any changes to her period or a newly irregular cycle to signal that what she was dealing with was perimenopause. But as she said, she finally figured it out when all of the other symptoms she was having pointed to the obvious. One of the things that Lisette did that I found really inspiring and smart was that once she realized that what she was dealing with was perimenopause, she decided to just deep dive into learning everything she could about the process. And she set out to figure out the best ways to manage the changes in her body. One of the things she really says helped her was getting an app that helped her track her symptoms and even informed her about symptoms that she didn't even know could be caused by her fluctuating hormones. In other words, the knowledge empowered Lisette, but also the more she learned, the more she got angry. And then I was frustrated because I was like, why have I not known about all these symptoms? And that's when I literally started harassing my younger girlfriends. And I'm like sending them that New York Times op-ed piece, which I really think everybody should listen to. I started sending it to them like 30-year-olds. And they were like, thank you for telling me. I'm like, I'm telling out, especially the younger women. And then I sent it to my husband who literally watched it twice and told me he really liked it, which I thought was cool. So I thought it was helpful for my husband to learn and to like see that it's not just me. It's not like, oh, our relationship is changing because whatever. It's like, no, this is actually perimenopause. <laughs> so Lisette became a bit of an evangelist, sharing all the information she was discovering about perimenopause and menopause and telling everybody to watch that amazing op-ed documentary produced by the New York Times about menopause. I also recommend watching it. But despite her own enthusiasm for sharing, Lisette knows that America doesn't share that same level of enthusiasm. I have an idea too about why we don't talk about it because it's something I experienced myself is that it means I'm getting old. And in our culture, getting old is not revered and held up like it might be in, I've worked with native communities doing research for like, I have a master's degree in American Indian studies. Remember I said, I have a lot of things I've done in my life. Um, so I used to be very much involved in these projects that were in native communities that were run by native people. And I had the tremendous blessing of being a helper in that way and not, you know, just observer. And man, the elders are like, you almost can't wait to be an elder when you're in native communities, most native communities. I mean, I'm generalizing here, but that's a pretty common thread. And that is not how we roll here. And there is still like, even when I was about to get on this interview, there's a part of me, it's like, really, do I need to go public about being 51 and in perimenopause? Like my dad already died. I'm up against my mortality. My eggs running out feels like some kind of mortality issue as well. Like I am seriously cannot say I am young anymore. I might look young, but I am not a young woman. <laughs> like, so there's something about that. That's like, we don't want to talk about that because our culture doesn't freaking value that. It's so true that our country does not value the elders in our communities, especially women. We run up against feelings of invisibility and erasure all the time. As soon as we are no longer seen as youthful sexual beings, we're diminished. 
And what's interesting is that research shows that women in cultures where the elders are revered, the women in those cultures suffer less debilitating perimenopause symptoms than those in societies like ours that worship the young. Despite that lack of support from society, Lisette isn't giving up or giving in to perimenopause. She works out religiously because she says it really makes a difference in her moods and it makes her feel good. And she has also had to make some changes to her diet. Already gluten-free, Lisette says she has to be mindful of her dairy and sugar intake now, especially at night. She's had to cut out her evening ice cream before bed. Otherwise, she says, the results can be disastrous. Let me tell you a little story. So I decided I deserved some pampering. I'm in grief. I'm in perimenopause. It's been a weird time, this whole whatever. So I went and I splurged. There's a little Instagram picture of me at this amazing getaway spa near me, the Post Hotel. So I'm there and I'm having an amazing time. And a friend was supposed to join me. She couldn't the first day because she was sick and she waited to do a COVID test. She had a little cold. So I'm alone and they offer me a free dessert. And I'm like, that's fabulous. And it was a custard, a vanilla custard. Oh, it's gluten-free. Yes, thank you. Ah, lovely. So I eat it, this wonderful custard. Well, what is a custard? Dairy and sugar. I go to bed. I wake up, and this is my chance to describe to you about night sweats. So it was one of my epic, most epic I've had. So what it looks like, lest anyone wonder, is it's a hot flash in bed at night. But usually it entails you wake up because you literally think you might be swimming. Like you're like hotter than hell and you think you might be in a pool of water. And I wake up and you're literally soaked. The bed is soaked. And I had to get up and in this beautiful hotel, in this beautiful bed that's so comfortable and amazing with incredible linens. And I have to get up and get towels. When I have night sweats, I have to get towels. My husband loves it. I'm sure you understand. Like I can't lay down where I was. I've had times where I'll wake up in the morning and think, was that a dream that I got up and I was like soaked from head to toe? And I'll look on the floor and see a tank top that I pulled off in my insanity of half awakeness. And I literally can pick it up and almost wring it out in the morning. It's soaked in the floor. So that's kind of disgusting. No wonder we don't all want to talk about it. But that's what happened to me at the Post Hotel. I woke up <laughs> in a pool of water in the bed. And I was like, God dang it. Okay, custards. I can't eat those either. So my point is, menopause seems like so the downside is, yes, it's hard. But the good side is, it's literally like some accountability person in your life going, Sorry, you don't have room anymore to mess with your little diet issues and whatever it is. You need to take care of yourself and it will come and clobber you on the head if you don't. Notwithstanding the diet changes and the commitment to working out, I asked Lisette how she thought this journey towards menopause has changed her. I already entered a transformative time in 2020 and then perimenopause came in. As I said, I was like, timing, Ugh, why? But now I'm actually like, Thank you, because it was sort of the last thing, because it pushed me even more. I was already doing tons of self-care. I was already starting to clear the decks for a new chapter in my life. Then I found these people. Then I lost this person. Then my hormones started going crazy. It was like self-care and making space for what's important. You know, when you lose someone, that happens. You have to do self-care. There's no choice. You can't do anything else. I was like not functional. He was like the closest person to me, one of my closest people in my life. So it's like, then th this stuff. So that's one thing that's already changed is my self-care is insane. It just continued from there. And one thing I find that my moods 
that come with being in perimenopause has done is I don't have much room for bullshit anymore. And I think it just strips away so much. So where I am now is I've been blessed with some changes that allow me to really focus on travel in the next couple of years. I really want to focus on what's important. I feel like life is short. I used to always say that life is short, travel more. Okay. I'm like, all right, I've been shoved into that really like life is short. My eggs are gone. My dad is gone. I'm all about what matters. And so, yeah, I'm embarking on some DNA-based travel, want to travel to where my ancestors are from. I did have a podcast interviewing women who found creative ways to travel more. I want to be the woman creatively traveling. I'm not interviewing other women anymore. Now I want to embody and live what I've learned from them. And I have made the space to do that and be able to explore what I've learned about my bio family and integrate my identity. It really fits in really nicely with this time of life, which I think we put down, as we said before in our culture, but actually this is a time of freedom because I'm starting to really know who I am. Yes, this is a pain with these hormones, but the ultimate result is I won't have estrogen ruling my life in the end. And I'm kind of looking forward to that. Such a powerful statement. I asked Lisette, If she could offer any advice to any person who was struggling through perimenopause, either physically or emotionally, and she offered another story. I had a conversation in the middle wee hours of the night one time when I couldn't sleep and I went and got my chamomile tea because my app said that might help. And I was up and I was sitting in a dark room and I remembered that my cousin, who's older than me, who lives in London, was awake. And I was like, I'm lonely. So I wrote to her, I said, you know, we had talked a little bit about perimenopause and I said, I'm up in the middle of the night. I can't sleep. I just remembered you would understand. And she's like, ooh, hang in there. And we started talking and I said, you know, I've just known how I'm gonna deal with this. And she goes, you know, one of the things that it was her aunt, so it's like a cousin of mine, had said to her, an elder who has now passed away, she had gone to this elder and said, what is up with this menopause crap? Why haven't, you know, what is going on? And she said to her, you know what, honey? It's just something you've got to accept. The more you can accept and embrace it, the less you will suffer. And so my cousin was imparting my cousin Inez's wisdom to me, even though, you know, maybe she hadn't talked to forewarn the women. Just this idea of embracing what it is, it's a transformative journey. And so somehow now when I'm up in the middle of the night, it was sort of like special. It was like, okay, I'm up by myself with myself in the middle of the night because I am a transforming woman. So anyway, that's sort of where I'm at is embracing it, feeling freedom in what it means and dropping the bullshit, prioritizing self-care. I really love that. Embrace the journey. Find the freedom. The process of menopause is a transformative process and transformation usually does involve pain. But there is something waiting for us on the other side. Lisette also said that for her, talking about perimenopause with other people in her life, her friends, her family, the people she's in relationship with, has been really helpful. And she urges women to have those hard conversations because everyone around us is affected by the things that are happening to us. They can help us, they can be more aware, and they need to know what's going on. And sharing our truth is the best way to go. My favorite final question... I asked Lisette what would be the title of the story of her menopause journey. That's an interesting question. What would the title be? The Doorway Back to Yourself. 
<laughs> I loved all of Lisette's stories, and I'm looking forward to following her adventures as she travels and discovers more about herself and her family history. If you'd like to follow her as well, here's how and where you can do that. You can follow my new adventure at travelingmyroots.com. I'm also very findable on Instagram. Jet Set Lizette is my moniker. Lizette with an S, L-I-S-E-T-T-E. And I also have jetsetlizette.com. And that's going to be more about travel in general, women in travel, finding creative ways to travel. Thank you, Lisette, for sharing your story. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lisette. Here are some of the lessons that I took away from her story. One, grief and perimenopause can look a lot alike. Consider visiting a doctor or a therapist if you can't distinguish where your depression or sadness is coming from, especially if you're dealing with both things simultaneously, like Lisette was. Two, Educating yourself is probably the best way to feel more in control through this process that often feels like we're not in control of what's happening to our bodies. Read articles, talk to other women, keep listening to this podcast, maybe get an app. Knowledge may not be power exactly, but it can be empowering. Three, ice cream before bed may cause night sweats. Be careful. (laughs) And four, Reaching menopause can be seen as a transition to freedom and a coming home to one's true self. What were your takeaways from Lizette's story? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please feel free to share on the My Bloody Health Facebook page or on our Instagram feed. You can also start a conversation about this episode on the blog post on the MyBloodyHell.com website. If you write something in the comments on the blog, I promise I'll write back. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this passion project of a podcast. Ooh, say that three times fast. (laughs) If you could take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, it will go a long way in helping more people find the show and help us grow the show. And just a reminder... On October 18th, 2021, the My Bloody Hell membership community will be open for business. If you're listening in real time, that means that in just a few days, you can join an inclusive and supportive community of women who are also navigating the journey towards menopause. As a member of this community, you'll have access to regular monthly support group meetings, as well as monthly meetings with menopause experts in the fields of medicine, wellness, exercise, and nutrition, who can answer all of your burning questions about what's happening with your body. You'll receive regular news, information, and discounts on products and services for women in perimenopause and beyond. And you'll have access to creative workshops and lectures aimed at keeping you inspired and uplifted during this challenging transition period in our lives. Remember, research shows that women who have a strong support group during perimenopause actually suffer less from both physical and emotional perimenopausal symptoms. The My Bloody Hell community wants to be that support group for anyone who needs it. The cost is just $10 a month or $100 for the entire year. If you have any questions about the membership, please go to mybloodyhell.com and use the contact form there to send those questions and we'll get back to you right away. 
Next week on the podcast, we are going to hear the story of a Cuban-American woman who was diagnosed with ADHD just as her menopause symptoms started getting really intense. Many people don't know this, but perimenopause can actually aggravate ADHD symptoms. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss next week's riveting episode or any other upcoming episodes. Okay, that's all I have to share this week. I will be here next Wednesday, and I hope you will too. Until then, be good to yourselves, get some snacks from Yum Day, and maybe take a walk. The My Bloody Health podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor and technical director is Brad Linder. Our theme music was composed by Good Beat Music. Hey, one last thing before you go. I am not a doctor nor any other type of medical professional. Therefore, please do not use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for verifiable medical advice and information. Always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have any medical questions or concerns regarding menopause or any other health-related issue. Thank you.